With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Running the option on first down. Hagan has it. He has Rome. He's got one man to beat. Now he pitches to Flanagan, and he may take it all the way. Flanagan's in for the touchdown. McKinley Wright from the logo. Welcome into the DNVR Buffs podcast presented by Colorado Rugby. I'm Henry Chisholm, and today we have our special guest, Ben Girding, on to talk a little bit of Buffs hoops. Uh, that's going to be the plan for today. Pretty much just all basketball talk, but uh, this afternoon, today's Friday, by the way, um, Carl is talking to the media to basically break down uh, the last two pieces of his staff, the tight ends coach, the linebackers coach. Um, and so there'll be another podcast in your feed probably sometime tonight. Um, and it will be telling you everything that Carl had to say. So if you're not a huge basketball fan and you want to hear some football talk, just wait a few hours and there'll be an option. This podcast, though, there's a lot to get to. Arizona State game canceled. Um, Arizona game tomorrow. And then Oregon State, a little trap game to end the homestand on Monday. Ben and I are going to dig into all of that sort of stuff. But first, we need to give a shout out to our presenting sponsor, Colorado Rugby. Um, what they're doing out there in Glendale right now is just awesome. They're bringing in former athletes, uh, mostly football players from schools like LSU and a, a whole bunch of really big names. And they're mostly guys who may be stuck in the NFL for a year or two, uh, maybe didn't even last that long. Um, some guys from the CFL. And what they're doing is training all of them to play rugby. And you can follow along with their pro progress as they try to get those guys up to speed and help them become members of the USA Eagles uh, men's 15s team, which is the U.S. national team that now trains right here in Infinity Park in Glendale. A whole bunch of cool stuff going on. Follow along with Colton Strickler on the DNVR Rugby podcast. Um, and also the DNVR Rugby Twitter account, plus with the written content on the website. Uh, it is all really cool what is happening uh, in rugby in Colorado. Okay, Ben, um, I don't have like much for takes when it comes to this Arizona State cancellation. Um, is, is there anything about this that like jumps out to you? Um, it, it sucks, I guess, that you don't get another chance to, to get a win that you, you really want, but... Is there anything deeper than that going on here? Uh, honestly, no. I, I do feel bad for Arizona State fans. Honestly, you know, that, that school has just been 
destroyed by this disease between football and basketball. Um, you know, our, our director of social media, Michaela Perkins, uh, she went to Arizona state and I asked her about it and she said pain. That was her response when she found out about the cancellation. So, you know, it, it is what it is. You, you do feel bad for Sun Devil fans, but at, at the same time, I, I think it might have been good for the Buffs to maybe have some extra time to prep and rest for Arizona because, you know, the, the Sun Devils are an explosive team. Uh, it just depends on if they can flip that switch. So realistically, that game against the Buffs really could have gone one of two ways. Either Remy Martin's dropping 25 or he's dropping five. And, you know, it's some sometimes might fall in between there. But now that you can focus solely on Arizona and try and pick up a win at home after that colossal loss against Utah, letting them come back from 19 points, I think this might work in the bus favor. Let them stew in the fact that they just blew a 19-point lead a little bit longer, you know, and and see if they can adjust better. And, and obviously take that with a grain of salt because they might come out and throw up a dud against Arizona because they're cold because they didn't get a chance to play this week, and then, you know, this theory is shot. But that's kind of where my head's at, trying to, trying to put that positive spin on it a little bit. All right. I like it. Um, hopefully the game will be made up. I know the plan is to make up all of these games. The The clock is ticking, though, and it, it doesn't seem like this is going to be the last outbreak. So I do have a feeling that not everybody's going to be playing the same number of games when it comes to the end of the year. And when that happens, I think somebody's going to get kind of screwed by it. Hopefully it's not the buffs. Um, but... I wonder where do you think that game's rate that game ranks in terms of like the rest of the buff schedule? You know, if you say they're, they're winning the games at home, they split the games on the road. That's the formula that we have been saying is the only formula you need to be thinking about. That means you win 75% of games. That was a home game. Was that one of those 75% that you should be winning or does Arizona state scare you a little bit? Maybe that is one that they would have dropped. Honestly, they, they do scare me. You know, they've got a lot of pieces outside of Remy Martin, but that is a game you need to win if you want to be a, a top team in this conference. You know, the, the, the Buffs news cycle for basketball since that Utah loss has been tough. You know, they, they still did receive points in the AP poll. They came in, I believe, around 35, I want to say. Yet... Um, Andy Katz of CBS sports. He did not have them projected to make the NCAA tournament, which we, have, we haven't talked about that yet on this podcast. We should do that. I mean, I don't, I get, you know, and, and immediately I, I texted you and you said, you know, this isn't a projection for right now. It's what he's yeah. thinking will happen the rest of the season. And I get that. But at the same time, the buffs are, you know, still top 20 in Ken Palm and net, and you don't even have them as the top 68 teams. The computers love the buffs. They love the way they play basketball. Now, the eye test is hit or miss. Depends on which game you tune into. I mean, if you watch this, the second half collapse against Utah, I can understand why you would be concerned about this team. But also, they took care of business back-to-back against Washington State, who's a good basketball team. You beat Oregon at home already. You've played competitively against UCLA, and you beat USC on the road. So – for every argument of a bad loss, like a Utah, like an Arizona earlier in the year, like Tennessee, I would argue there is also a good win to counteract that. 
So again, this is not to say the Buffs should be a two seed, but to not have them in the tournament is mm-hmm. just disappointing from a national pundit. And, you know, I know the Broncos guys talk a lot about how national media doesn't know a thing. We haven't really talked about it, at least on shows that I've been on, but wow, Andy Katz, that's bad. Yeah, it's, um, it was shocking. Cause I didn't even understand like when, when it first showed up, I, I think you were the first one who sent it to me. And before I even read the message, I just clicked on, and was like looking at the tweet and I, I spent, I don't even know, three minutes, four minutes trying to find Colorado. Trying to, yep. And then I was like, wait, <laughs> no way. He, he didn't include Colorado. And when you think about it, I mean, what 64, technically like 68 teams make the tournament. How many conferences are there? There's probably, what, 25 conferences? So all the champions get in. And then your top 40 teams, let's say, that that aren't conference champions get in. Of the 25 that are already in, at least like your five power five champions are going to be in that top 40. So really, it's like your top 45 get in. And Colorado's like, what, 20? Are they still right around 20th in the net rankings? Yep. Last I checked, they were 20, I want to say 21st in net, 19 in Kempom, 19 or 18 in Kempom. I mean, it's yeah. just, and, and I was like you, I, anytime one of these things come out, I'm just skimming it for Colorado, you know? Yeah. And Colorado State made it as a play-in game for a 12 seed. And and you know what? Credit to the Rams program. They, yep. they put together a good basketball season this year. But you cannot tell me that that Colorado <laughs> State is better than Colorado right now. I just won't go there. I no. will. I'm willing to see that the Rams have a good basketball team, but the Mountain West and the Pac-12 are different. It's a different playing sphere, and the fact that the Buffs have the same record and same conference record with better metrics because of the schedule. I to not even have Colorado in a play-in game. Just, you know, it, yeah. it just is. It is frustrating for sure. But at the same time, I think you need if you're if you're bus fans, you know, you need to just say, okay, well, this is let's all stem this back to the Utah loss. Ever since that loss, people have doubted us. You know, they now have that chip on their shoulder again, where now they have to run the table a little bit. Now they have to go out there and they might not be favored in every game like they were projected to be. Mm-hmm. So go out there and especially on Saturday against Arizona. If you beat the Wildcats. I don't want to say all faith is restored, but it's pretty damn close because you college basketball is such a recent memory thing. Now there's always going to be the fans out there that are going to talk and point back to the bad losses. And that's fine. Those people are going to do what they're going to do. But as far as the selection committee goes, it's about how are you playing right now? And right now, last year is when the UCLA Bruins went on their run last, mm-hmm. the last year that around this time is where UCLA and Mick Cronin really figured it out and I'm not projecting some sort of Pac-12 run for the buffs like that but I'm not saying it's impossible because UCLA in the final month of the season they went from probably not going to make it as a bubble team to Mm -hmm. jumping up into a a mid seed so it's possible and it all starts on Saturday against a good Arizona team yeah and I think that this cancellation really did give the buffs a chance to reset or I mean whether whether they reset, whether they spent four or five days re-watching that game and like ingraining every second of it in themselves and using that, like whatever happened, happened. But I do think that this is a, a real 
turning point, or it could be a turning point for Colorado, um, especially with just where this game sits in the season. You know, that that back-to-back against Washington State was probably the true midway point, but that means that this is only, what, two games after that? You're right around the middle of the season. You know how you stack up against all these teams. Now you either go beat them or you don't. And like you said, that starts with Arizona. That's a challenge. You know, if, if you're going to lose to one of the top teams, one of the top four or five teams, whatever in the conference, this is the team that you want to lose to because that win doesn't count for them because they aren't participating in the postseason. But still, it's, it, it's a big game. And that win would go a long way because that, that homestand we've been talking about, it's almost over. And now you're into this road trip that's been just looming over everything that's going on. Because if you don't beat Arizona and you don't beat Oregon State, you're in a really tough spot. I mean, if you drop one of those games, you're sitting there at eight and five. Um, another team right now at seven and five. You got eight and two. You got nine and one. And then you have the big question mark with Oregon sitting there at four and three because they haven't played so many games. And that means that each win for them is almost going to count double when when they start playing again in terms of the standings and the way that it affects all of these percentages. And you're starting to be looking at some trouble if something bad happens, but then you do get into that five game road trip, Um, right? Five. Yeah. Five. No, four Stanford, Cal, Oregon, Oregon state. Right, and then they return home against the L.A. school. So it's a a tough six-game stretch. So, you know, if they – and you outline the standings perfectly, and I love that you touched on Oregon as far as where they're at from that – from the pause. I mean, what kind of Ducks team is Colorado going to face? I don't think – you know, it's tough to project. And it's even harder that you got to go on the road. You know, Oregon cannot win in Boulder. And you have that crutch as that win to, to rely on. But now going on the road, that is a tough spot to play. So with a team that's had a big cancellate or big pause, you know, there's kind of two schools of thought. Are they going to come out and be super rusty because they haven't played organized ball in a month? Or are they going to come out with a, a fire under their you-know-what because they haven't played in a month and they want to go out there and compete? Um, I I, I, I listened to a podcast with Villanova's head coach during their pause, and he said that the way they got around it was any any players that were COVID negative could come in and do individual sessions with one other coach, and they would cycle them in almost daily to do shoot arounds and, and whatnot to try and keep them a little bit sharp, a little bit conditioned. But you know, there is such a big difference between you know just going around and shooting and, and actually competing. So we'll see where they're at. You know, with that four-game stretch, it's nice that the bus play Oregon State at home first um, because then you can get a read on the team and you can kind of have some tape to rely on um, that makes you comfortable. But for that four-game stretch, I, I, I think they'll probably be two and two. You know, I think they have to beat Cal and Oregon State on the road. They'll probably drop one to Oregon and Stanford. Stanford is maybe one of the hottest teams in the conference right now. They're really putting it together since that Buffs loss. Mm-hmm. Cal got Matt Bradley back, and they are a relevant team again. Matt Bradley is a very good basketball player, which should concern Colorado. So none of these games are going to be easy since they're on the road. Um, the, the key to the rest of the schedule for the Buffs, and I know we've been jumping around a lot, but the key to this Buffs schedule is – you need to find a way to go. If you go 4-0 at home over these last eight games, 
you will finish in the top four of the conference easily and you will be a eight seed or higher, in my opinion, because that would include wins over Arizona, UCLA, and USC. That will not only bump you up in the standings, but also that's going <clears> to, <throat> excuse me, that's going to throw you upwards into the net for great wins, quad one wins. That is what they need. They really need to pick up some more signature wins because the difference between the Buffs and some of the other top teams is their conference or I'm sorry, their record within quad one and quad two games. Colorado just does not have that many wins in the quad one to justify it. Being up to a five or a six as opposed to an eight or nine, which is where I think they sit right now. Do you know who in the PAC 12 counts as a quad one or quad two team? I believe it's the top four or five. I'm pretty sure are quad one right now, Uh, UCLA, USC, um, I think Stanford was flirting with that line because they were a quad one and then they dropped down to the quad two line. I believe they're back up now because they put together a couple good wins. Um, and then, yeah, Oregon and uh, Arizona should all be quad one teams. All right. Um, one more point before we move along to talk about this Arizona game. Um, what is really frustrating about where the buffs are right now? Um, well, I mean, <laughs> There are a couple of options <laughs> that you could choose, but, but one of them is, you know, you look at this road trip and you say, Oh, wouldn't it be nice to, to start it off on the right foot? You know, if, if you win game one of a four game road trip and you want to go 400, that means you get to go one and two over the next three games. It's a much easier task than the two and one, but you have to start at Stanford. You have the challenge against Matt Bradley and, and throughout this whole season. And it's something that the buffs did last year as well. The, the, losses have just come at such tough times. You know, they've had their back up against their wall for so much of this season because of just the the structure of the schedule and, and what's happened. You know, you start the season um, and did the Washington game, Washington game did count. No, that one didn't count. There was one game that got canceled. The Arizona game would have counted, but it got canceled. That's right. So, so your first conference game, you're at Arizona. That's a loss. Now, all of a sudden, you're working from behind. Uh, you've got USC. You've got UCLA on that road trip. And you come out of all of that one and two. And you're behind the eight ball when it comes to the conference standings at the beginning of the season. After that, uh, you do get Colorado or you do beat Oregon at home. You beat Utah on the road. Um, you beat Cal. You beat Stanford at home. But then when it's time to go on the road again, you lose to Washington at the start of that trip. And, and that's just kind of been the shape of this whole season is something goes wrong and the buffs fight back. And that's how a lot of last year went too. Now, now you really need to not put yourself in a worse situation. You know, I, I think that that last loss um, really did put the buffs in this situation now where their back is still up against the wall. They still do really need to get these next couple of wins in order to feel safe going forward. Yeah. And it changed the entire perspective because if you, I mean, even just hold on barely, you know, they could have let Utah come back, but even if they just held on, then you're on a three game win streak. You're feeling great. You're top four in the conference. And you just love where your head's at. You know, I, I, I like that you pointed out earlier that, you you know, they might have been just watching more tape of that Utah game and whatnot. And I hope so, because for me in high school, when I played, 
it was all about watching the some of the worst plays that I made to try and just make myself feel uncomfortable. Because in my opinion, you know, that that's going to make you not want to have that feeling again. If I'm Colorado, I want to watch those final eight minutes on repeat because I do not want to feel that way again. And, you know, if, if that was able to jumpstart this team and maybe let this be kind of a, a pillar in the season, that's good. But you have to go out there and execute. And it's going to be great to, you know, I'm sure the guys all week have been talking about, you know, well, now, you know, now we're energized. We, we've got some good, you know, good vibes, want to come back, want to. It's just, it doesn't matter unless you can go out and perform on the court. And it just is tough that you have to go up against Arizona next because that is just a team that historically has given Colorado a lot of problems. But at the same time, I will say, I think Colorado falls into the trap of playing to their level of of competition fairly frequently. So maybe it is good that they play a good team, somebody to make them kind of get out of bed for, if you will, you know, think of it as like the Denver Nuggets always play so well against the Utah Jazz. And even if they're in a bad stretch of games for them, they always somehow get up for that game. Jamal Murray always plays well. Maybe that's what they need is is to go up against a rival like Arizona and and go out there and hopefully right this ship because you're right. Losses have come at, at bad times. And right now, there is not a whole lot of games left where you can afford to drop one moving forward. Agreed. Uh, we're going to talk all about this Arizona game in just a second. But before we do that, I want to give a shout out to our friends over at Hassle Cattle Company. Um, I'm getting ready to make my first order. And, and as I was sitting here, I was thinking now would be a good time to like pick out what to get and then I can order it and make it a good ad read. But then I realized that that would actually probably not be great podcasting because there's a lot of <laughs> steps that don't translate well uh, to a podcast. Um, so I'm just going to tell you about the things that look really good. Like this box package that's now just $100. And in this package, you get all sorts of different stuff. Um, you get eight one-pound tubes of ground chuck. You get two Denver steaks. Um, you get two chuck eye steaks. You get a, a pound of smoked sausage. And you get all of that for under $100. It's a great deal. Um, and there are just so many better deals than I expected um, when, when you know that it's this quality of Wagyu beef um, that Hassle Cattle Company puts out. It's a Texas company. Um, they really do great work. Uh, they win all sorts of awards. Um, they supply a bunch of the meat for a whole bunch of like things that are going on. Um, you know, like they have big names from people from Shark Tank or the ordering all their food. NFL players are ordering their food. Um, they call their hassle cattle wagyu kryptonite for vegans. There's just so much cool stuff that's going on. Um, and these packages, oh, there's another package that I just saw. Okay. So in this one, you get all of the same things that you get before. It's another hundred bucks, but you also get another pound of ground chuck. You get two New York strips. You get hot dog Franks. Uh, you get a skirt steak and you get the beef bacon. And the beef bacon is what is really getting um, the great reviews around DMVR right now. So much great meat. Um, and if you guys are interested, you can go to hasslecattlecompany.com, H-A-S-S-E-L-L cattlecompany.com. Use the promo code DMVR10 for 10% off your order. That's DMVR10 for 10% off 
any orders over $200 and you receive free shipping. So check them out. We promise you won't be disappointed. It is just really good stuff. Also, now is the time, if you haven't already, to get onto DraftKings. The 55th big game is this weekend. 55, a game this big deserves a big prize and not just some trophy. To finish off the football season, DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is giving all players a no-brainer of an offer. To celebrate football's finale, DraftKings Sportsbook is doubling your money if a touchdown is scored in the big game. That's right. All it takes is for one touchdown to be scored Sunday night, and boom, your money is doubled. Sounds like a no-brainer. As if the game wasn't enough reason to party, with double the cash you'll be celebrating till next season. Don't forget about DraftKings Big Game Prediction Challenge with up to $55 million in total prizes up for grabs and instant prizes for everyone who enters the contest. DraftKings has paid out over $7 billion to its players since 2012, so they know a thing or two about big paydays. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code DMVR to get a shot at doubling your money if a touchdown is scored in Sunday's game. That's promo code DMVR to get a shot at doubling your money during Sunday night's season finale. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash prediction challenge. Oh, prediction dash challenge dash DFS for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Make sure you check out DraftKings, get in on all those big game odds. And also, we've got another big betting bonanza coming up for the Super Bowl as well. So make sure you tune in for that. Look, I don't think anybody listening to this podcast is going to be rooting for the Chiefs or Tom Brady. So that's why you need to get in on DraftKings Sportsbook because they will make this game more interesting to watch. Yeah, you're not, you're not rooting for either of them. You're just rooting for yourself. Yep, and, and you will be winning if you're rooting for yourself, if you're uh, hanging out with us during the Big Bets Bonanza. Basically, what we've been doing these last couple of weeks is just live streaming through all of the football games. Luckily, there's only one this Sunday. And um, sharing all of our bets. We've had some guests on. We've done a whole bunch of cool things. But it's been a lot of fun, and we've made a lot of money. All of like, the first play of each drive prop, somehow Eric is just incredible at those. He always knows whether it's going to be a run or a pass. Um, the, the results of drives, I think, I think we hit three for three to end that last game. And those were all like plus money. Like we're getting touchdowns at plus two ninety. We've been making a lot of money. It's been a lot of fun. I've seen some of you guys in the chat. Hopefully more will join. Um, but also the tailgate, the last one of the season, an hour and a half, probably before kickoff is when we usually do it. I don't think that's going to change, but I don't make those decisions. So there's the plug for that too. Um, so Arizona, um, Here's a pretty broad question. What do the buffs need to do differently than they did last time out for uh, a a win against Arizona? Yeah. I I think you put Eli Parquet on James Akinjo for damn near the entire game. I James Akinjo in that game was five for seven from three, you know, and the rest of the team only hit three other shots from deep. James Akinjo was the reason Colorado got behind was because he was so, so deadly. So if, if you're the boss, you put your best perimeter defender on him, which is Eli Parquet. Um, you know, I think McKinley Wright is probably still the best defender, but I think Eli Parquet is, is best at that assignment of just take their best shooter and negate it. You know, don't worry about it. He could pick up a couple fouls and you have to worry because McKinley Wright, you need him on the offensive end as well. So that needs to be the, the starting point. How can you limit James Akinjo? Because outside of him, just looking at even the box score, 
That was a 14-point loss, and nobody else really jumps off the page. It was really the James Akinjo show. Outside of that, I think McKinley Wright, he, he cannot afford to have another off game. You know, Utah, he did not shoot the ball well. Against Arizona earlier in the year, he was 4 of 12 for 10 points. He's got to go out there, and I want 10 points from him, but I want that on eight shots if, if that's what it's going to be, and, and just have a more efficient game that fills up the stats with more rebounds and assists, maybe a couple of steals in there, and less turnovers. His assist-to-turnover ratio really needs to be up over two or three if this team wants to win because the possessions really matter against an explosive team like Arizona. You cannot afford to be turning the ball over. Yep, and I'm glad that you brought up Akinjo because he was a problem for the Buffs. And also, he's made at least 50% of his threes in four of his last five games. He's been in double digits in all those games. I think four of them, he scored like at least 16 points. That's a tough man to stop. And Arizona has a couple of those. Uh, who else really stands out to you as, as a problem for the Buffs? Yeah, you know, outside of that, quite frankly, it, nobody really jumps off the page as someone that is, is going to be a significant problem. But the reason for that is they have a really balanced lineup. You know, they've got uh, Taboulis, who's a freshman, uh, a freshman forward. He had, I'm, I want to say nine and six against the Buffs in that game. Um, very efficient too. He got to the line a couple of times as well. That's a guy that I, I if you pair him up with Evan Batty again, you can deal with nine points and six boards from, from a guy like that. Because on the other end, Evan Batty had 18. Um, and, and just to pivot on to Evan Batty for a second, you know, I think it was 14 of those points came in the first half. So for me, you know, the key to this game is not really anywhere on Arizona's lineup outside of Akinjo. Because this is a team that's not even like Arizona State, where outside of Remy Martin, they've got a couple other guys with Christopher and – this is a team where if you shut down uh, Akinjo, let's see what happens to their offense. So put Eli Parquet on him, be prepared to help if he drives. And then on the other end, work the ball inside because this is an Arizona team that does not have a Zeke Naji. They don't have a guy like that that terrifies me on the inside. So go in there to Evan Batty early and often. 18 points, had a couple of rebounds uh, in that game against Arizona. The problem with Batty was he got in a foul trouble early in the second half, but he was very efficient from the floor and 7-8 and eight from the line. Get it to him more. He's playing maybe the best ball of his career over the stretch of the last month. Feed him often. And the other guy that I want to see get more involved is going to be uh, <clears throat> excuse me, Jabari Walker. Walker is going to be the X factor in this game because of his length and his ability to stretch the floor. In my opinion, if he gets on the floor for 20 minutes and does what he does, doesn't have to do anything different. Just play him a little bit more. I think the bus can win this game because he's going to give them a rebounding advantage. And also he's so dynamic on offense and he brings fantastic rim protection. So you can almost pretty much box off the the pain a little bit with Jabari Walker's out there because he's either going to get a block or foul them and that's not great for his long-term prospects in his college career but for right now that'll do just fine as a role player (laughs) I like it um what about uh, when the buffs have or have the ball like like when you look back not to the last game against Arizona but just the last game that the buffs played what was the downfall? What what needs to be tweaked so that we don't see what happened last time out happen again? 
Yeah, it's a good question. Um, it, it's one that Tad Boyle probably asking all season. I think that they just need to stay focused as far as the, the mental aspect of things, which, you know, that's a cop-out answer. But when you're up 19 on a team, it is so difficult to treat possessions like they should be traded, quite frankly. Because if you're up 19, screw it. I can play a little hero ball for a possession or two, you know. And I'll be honest, I haven't thought much about the Utah game um, since we last talked about it. Good call. But, yeah, I mean, you know, who would <laughs> want to go back and watch that film other than the team? I, I sure as hell don't want to as, a, as an analyst here. So just I think that the problem is, is you just need to do the things, the, the easy things well. Because even when Utah got in there, McKinley Wright missed a, a layup. Evan Batty missed a layup. They fouled a three-pointer to give uh, Plummer a four-point play. And those are three specific instances. Oh, and, and Maddox Daniels, too, couldn't convert on a four-point play in the first half. Those are very simple things that Colorado just needs to do better because, you know, football is a game of inches. Basketball, a game of seconds, you know? I mean, time is of the essence. And possessions are so critical when you get easy looks like layups for Batty and, and Wright. You just need to convert those because if they do, we're not having the same conversation. I don't think. All right. Um, one more question um, about this game. So um, in the Washington game, buffs go one of 18 from three on uh, the first Washington state game. They make 43% of their threes in the second Washington state game. Um, they make 59% of their threes. And then against Utah, uh, they have another good shooting day with 46%. So those last four games, that's what they look like. If I say over under 45% from three against Arizona, what's your answer for Colorado? I'm going to say under. Um, I think that, yeah, they've been shooting lights out. Um, unfortunately, I, I still have questions about this team's consistency from the arc. Uh, you know, that – the last three games, they've really been clicking. And Maddox Daniels has been a big part of that. He's been playing fantastic basketball. And even going back to the Arizona game, they shot 46% from three, in a large part because Maddox Daniels was four of six. So I think he is another one of those X-factor guys off the bench that you really are hoping to get two or three makes from deep out of. That being said, I think 45 is a little bit too steep for me um, because, quite frankly, too, with that, this team, I mean, as well as they've been shooting the last three games, it concerns me because that is not their bread and butter. And the more games that they have good shooting nights from, I get concerned that they're going to stop working it inside. And that's when they're at their best is when they get it into Evan Batty, Dallas Walton, Jariah Horn doing a, a fade, a post-up. God knows what move he has in his bag as a God. He – to me, when he plays, he does remind me. You said it during the Tennessee game, I think, when we were watching it, that he reminded you of Paul Millsap. And at first, I was uh, so offended because Paul Millsap, I'm not a big fan of. But to me... How can you not be a fan of Paul Millsap? What could that man ever do to, like... I think last night he was like three of 15 from the floor. Okay. Well, he's played decades of basketball. Well, yeah. My, my point right. though is I'm starting to agree with that comparison because Jariah Horn every night, I feel like he shows something new he's got in his bag because he's just like this wily veteran. To me, he's like mm -hmm. 35 years old on the court. And I don't know. I just can't break that. But 
you know, that's the bread and butter for the bus. Get it inside. So I hope that it is above 45%, but really between 38 and 42 is going to be enough if they continue to work the ball inside. Um, because also Arizona's, they're not going to shoot that many threes because Akinjo accounts for damn near half of their attempts every game. Um, one more quick one. Over under 11 turnovers. Over. Well, that's too bad. Yeah, it is, but it, it, it <laughs> that, and that's that's going to be a tough number. But I, I just this team can play sloppy at times. McKinley Wright can get a little too cute with some passes, and and also, you know, I I, I just the turnovers are going to concern me in this game for sure. It's a number to watch. Uh, just for reference, uh, in the last four games, five, thirteen, eleven, ten turnovers. So we'll see what happens. Ben says over eleven. Um, oh, I should answer these questions too. I'll, I'll just say the opposite. I'll say under, uh, under on the turnovers over on the three point percentage. I'll be the Homer while, uh, Ben. Yeah. Geez. For all, for all season, all I've gotten was positivity flack. And then you come out there <laughs> saying they're going to have less than 11 turnovers and damn over 45%. Yeah. Okay. They're going to win by 50. I don't know what you're <laughs> on about. <laughs> you know, I sure hope they do. Cause that'll make the post game show a lot more fun. Could you imagine? Oh yeah. We need to plug that post game show too. After this game against Arizona, uh, me and Ben and RK and hopefully dev have not talked to dev, but hopefully dev will be there too. Um, We'll be at the DMVR lounge. Will we be there? We should be. Okay, cool. We should be able to do it from there. Um, And so stay tuned to that. Get on YouTube and be ready for the show, which will start like 10 minutes after the game as always. Um, All right. Not quite time to get out of here yet. Want to give another shout out to MSU Denver Online. Uh, Time and time again, the one thing that has helped protect people against economic downturns like the one we're in right now is an education that allows them to adapt into varying careers. So why not go and build your toolbox over at MSU Denver online? Uh, MSU Denver online is such a great online school. It's what they've been focusing on for the last few years and it put them in a great position when the pandemic hit. Um, We actually had a couple of our employees uh, take classes with MSU Denver online over the summer and they had incredible reviews saying that it's convenient. It's meant for people who work um, and can't afford to just be only thinking about school all day. Uh, And because of that, it it just becomes very convenient. It's, it's uh, relevant content that is provided throughout these courses, uh, stuff that's supposed to help you in the real world. And it's taught by professors who actually use that information and apply that information in the real world. And uh, it also makes those people great connections once you're done with school uh, so many reasons to check out msudenver.com slash online um but i really don't have any reason not to um there's there's 40 plus online and hybrid programs uh that will get you a degree over 700 courses that are online or hybrid uh so go to msudenver.com slash online and check that out All right, before we get out of here, our DraftKings pick of the week. First time Ben gets to be included. And what we're going to do is go through all these Pac-12 basketball games, and we're going to pick the winners. Let me pull up all these basketball games, and we'll be good (laughs) to go. And real quick, the net update was just released. Colorado is sitting at 19th in the net as of this morning. Five and three between quad one and quad two games. 
Andy Katz is fuming somewhere. <laughs> um, okay, no games tonight. Um, are there any games Sunday? Yeah, so we'll go through all six of these games, starting with the Saturday slate, 2 o'clock on CBS, Washington at Oregon. Um, oh, no line out yet. So I guess we're just going to be picking money lines here. Um, Oregon. Who, who you got, Ben? <laughs> I'll take Oregon. <laughs> uh, you don't think Washington's a little bit fired up about not being good at basketball? You know what? I, know. I tell you what, it would be great for Colorado if Washington finishes their season undefeated because that probably gets them to a quad <laughs> two win, but yeah. or loss, but it is what it is. <laughs> it is what it is. I'm with you. It's Oregon. Uh, next game, four o'clock, Washington State at Oregon State. This to is me, a tough game. I'm I'm going with a home team just because it, it is a tough game. What what are you thinking here? I, I would agree. Um, I, I think the Beavers are a good basketball team. Um, where they, yeah, this is a classic matchup of two teams that are really middle of the pack. Mm-hmm. I don't think you could go wrong either way, but you know what? I'm going to go Washington state. All right. Uh, next up is going to be Arizona at Colorado, six o'clock FS one. Who you got Colorado. Me too. Well, there we go. <laughs> um, final game Saturday, eight o'clock UCLA at USC. Oh, that's, that's going to be a fun one. That's going to be a fun one. That's going to be one that you were going to have up while we're doing the post game show for, for sure. sure. Ah, you know what? In a game that's, uh, so is this the first matchup of the season? I can't remember. I'll double check. I, I, my guts is lean towards the home team with, with USC and the Galen Center. So, you know what? I'm going to go Trojans on this one. This is the first time they've played, it looks like. Yep. If um, that's the yep. case, then, yeah, I'm going to give I'm gonna give the nod to USC and assume they split the season. Oh, like, I'll take UCLA then because uh, okay. I, I was torn, and I feel like they still are the better team. They are. So, give me an excuse to take it. I'll take it. Um. Sunday, two games. First one at noon, Pac-12 Network, Arizona State at Utah. Yeah. You know, Utah is so inconsistent where this is a tough game to bet on. For Personally, this would be a game for me where I am live betting. I don't think I'm okay. taking anything during. What are you looking for? Um, I, I'm looking for how many minutes Plummer played in the first half and, and see if he's out there, you know, cooking. With that being said, I am going to give my nod to the Sun Devils. They are a better team. And at some point, you just have to assume they're going to get some some wins on the road or anything. I'm with you there. Um, Cal at Stanford, 8 o'clock on FS1 Sunday. This should be a win for Stanford. If Cal upsets Stanford, then – then the whole then, then the whole Pac-12 conference is shot because I don't know anything. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, that's going to do it for today. We'll be back on the DMVR bus post-game show Saturday night after the game with RK and maybe Dev. Uh, we'll see you guys then. I think they like my Colorado sway. Because when I'm in it play, I don't really, I don't really know just how to A. And when I'm in it go, you know I'm acting bad. Holly get a bus with my Colorado sway. Baby. Speed and pad competition, see you later, baby. baby. Colorado Army with
with soldiers like the Navy yeah. And voters where we stationed, patiently awaiting Whoa. When I hit the field, it's so hard to behave yeah. I'm Colorado swagging as the crowd do the wave Look into my eyes, I can tell that you afraid uh -huh. Cause you know we finna hit ya, hit ya, hit ya, hit ya. Hey. Hey. You on your own now, why you watching the official? Yeah. You just better hope you make it to the next whistle hey. And we ain't playing with you, you can get it anytime yeah. It started at the scrimmage, we gon' win it at the line yeah. My Colorado swag in the middle of the ring Colorado swag. Man, I swear I think they like my Colorado swag.